The Feeling Sound podcast is brought to you in association with Urbanista. Urbanista is an online magazine for creatives where you can reach a like-minded audience of fellow urbanistas. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Feeling Sound podcast. Columbia are a band formed on Merseyside in 2017. I've been following their progress of interest and I've been particularly interested in their work with producer Jose Ibanez of the Heavy North. This creative collaboration has resulted in one of the best track releases of 2023 so far for me, the single Somewhere I Belong. At the moment they're finalising their latest release, Memory Lane, and they're just about to embark on a mini UK tour with this feeling. So I figured this was a perfect time for me to catch up with them. I went down to see frontman Alex Shepo and songwriter bassist Johnny Echo, and I asked them all about their musical journey so far, their work, their upcoming UK tour, and how they came together to form the original band in the first place. We were listening to, to things, weren't we? And it just weren't, it just weren't resonating with us. And, and like, everyone wants to be a DJ and this, that, the other. I think it was you, and it? Who was just like, should we form a band? Yeah, it was just literally a car ride, weren't it? We just literally went for the drive. We was listening to the music, which was just generated, just not real music for us. So yeah, we just thought, why don't we give it a go? And we was, all, we was thinking, ah, you've got to be born with all that stuff. You, I mean, you've got to be doing that for years. We, like, we jumped on the guitars from when we was like early 20s, weren't it? So, which is quite unique for us to be in a position where we are now. And usually you see people that they've been playing since they were 16 or something. So like, yeah, we just got to, together and started and it came to this point, didn't it? Yeah. And you were formed in 2017. I know that you all were friends at school or you knew each other from childhood, didn't you? Some of the best bands in the world, in my experience, started out as a group of friends, didn't they? How important is it that you are friends? It is very important, I think, because when it comes to arguments and stuff like that, or little little disagreements in the in the band, then whatever's been said has been said before. So worse, do you know what I mean? We give each other shit every day in school, just answering that, innit? You know what I mean? That's why it works out being being so close to your mates in a band because you can say whatever you want, and so people can say how they're feeling, and you can progress that way. You know what I mean? We know how to push each other's buttons and we know what makes each other's tick, whereas I think a lot of other bands who first just met each other as like, if they wanted to say something, they wouldn't, they'd hold it in and it'd just make it a lot worse later down the line, whereas we'd just say it there and then, and then it's done with then, isn't it? Yeah, that's all. If one of the boys is acting out of line, they get kicked back into that and that's how it is. That's how it's always been. Tell me about the rest of the guys in the band then. Let's just go through their different roles and who they are. I'm, I'm more of a the songwriter in the band. Um, Shepo, with his voice, he's got a very powerful voice. With us being best mates for years as well, it feels like the, the, the lyrics I'm writing are for him and, and they just bang together well, you know what I mean? Um, Shui's just like a, a magician on the guitar. He's just like, uh, we've been, I've been sat there on, on a night, well, we've had a night out before and I've woke up the next day and I've just heard like flicking of a book. What's he up to? And I've looked and he's reading this guitar fairy book, you know what I mean? That that's how like dedicated he was, whereas we would just like tear away, he's like, Go ahead, let's just get on stage and do yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, you've got you've got Coma, he's on the guitar, you've got Jim who's coming on the drums, and I think cause we, we just got together and was like, let's create a band and we'd never played, no, we'd never picked up an instrument before. So we'd all come at it from the same place. Whereas I think if if someone had been playing a guitar for well, 10 years plus before the band, they probably look at us and go, who are these donkeys? What are these up to? But we all had that same thing. So we, we, we were all a bit like, um, you wouldn't lose your rag if someone was doing something out of place and that. 
the way it formed as well. It was like, I mean, I, I played a bass. The only reason I got a bass guitar is because Coleman and Sweet already bought a guitar. That It was literally a way like, oh, I, I want to play the bass gym where the gym didn't want to play the drums. It was just like, all right, Sam, they're being talking and I'll like, he's the singer, so what can I do here? I know I don't want to sit at the back on the drums. I'll get a bass guitar, you know what I mean? And that, that was it literally. And then Jim joined and it was just like, the only place that the only thing to do now is get on them drums, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Whether it's a short store or not, I don't know, but yeah. yeah. So he jumped on them and then we just come together, fit like a glove. Sweeney, who is the lead guitarist, I'd say he's more the organised one out of everyone, the sensible one, if you like. Me and Jim, both are nightmares. We just, the boys basically, I've got to watch our tails everywhere we go because we're just losing stuff and doing shit wrong and just, yeah, being tearaways, like John said. And then uh, Tommy's called the glue because he keeps everything together when everyone's bickering or arguing or fighting or whatever. Yeah, so that's us, really. Getting back to your role as the front man, when did you first find out you had this voice? How did that happen? Funnily enough, when we said we were joining a band, I said, who can sing, do you know what I mean? Um, and Sweeney turned to me and said, I've heard you in the passenger seat a few times, you're all right, you know what I mean? So, don't know if it was like me with me ego on that, just said, go ahead, I'll give it a go, you know what I mean? So, just took it in my stride and tried to go on that stage and just give it all, whatever, everything I've got and just let myself go, you know what I mean? I do. I'm glad you do. <laughs> Tell me about your earliest musical influences. Now, maybe I could start with you, Johnny. What's your earliest memories of uh, music and, and why did it mean something to you? My earliest memories is when I was going, like, my dad had a friend down in London somewhere. Um, we just used to go along journeys and he was listening to things like Duran Duran, Oasis, yeah, my ma used to have it on in the house. I think they're very like melodic bands, so I think that's where I find like inspiration from. That's as far back as I can go. High school was more like rap and that way, in it? So. Well, is there one song in particular you remember that, that always reminds you of those journeys yeah. with your dad? My main inspiration is Oasis, but it was um, She's Electric. You just used to put that on, that was my favourite one. She's Electric She's in a family full of eccentrics She's done things I've never expected And I need more time She's got a sister What about you, Al? My first things was just dancing to music while my ma was doing the evening around the house and stuff like that, to be honest. Anything that she played, like, you don't really know music back then, but we're talking, like, five, six years old, just dancing around the house, the likes of Phil Collins, Genesis, um, a bit of, like, George Benson, Give Me The Night, all that, all, all disco, so maybe that's where I get the moves from when I'm on the stage, like. Got some sweet hips, hasn't he? Let's face it, Johnny. He's ah. definitely got the moves of George Benson. Give it a night. Now that sums it up, isn't it? Tell me about the early songs then. How did that all come together? If you go right back to the start, the early songs were literally sweet with about four chords, weren't it? And then, and then like a, a, a few lyrics and melodies in my head. Obviously, put them together, give them to Shep Owen, and it's hard to explain. But when when you like. If you put them together and you hear it for the first time, you're like, oh, hold on a minute. This actually sounds all right, this, do you know what I mean? This is a, like, a, like, we're onto something here, boys. So that's how, that's how it started. They just, they, they kept on getting, I mean, they're still improving today. They just kept on getting better and better. I think they were a bit, 
like slightly a bit more towards the Oasis sound, but that's because like we basically formed because of them. Do you know what I mean? So we we got together. Uh, we were playing them tracks and, and, and like towards the with the best ring in the world. You listen back now, they're probably a little bit cringy and a little mm-hmm. bit like a copycat of it, do you know what I mean? But we were brand new, so we didn't know. But I, I think the tracks now we're starting to if you if you're coming up to like today, up to date then I reckon we definitely found our sound, do you know what I mean? Um and it's it's a lot more different than what we started at. There's still them influence influences there and they'll always be there. I think every band's got a little bit of everyone in them. So for people who might not know what your back catalogue looks like and sounds like then, what's the very first thing that you sort of legitimately released as Columbia? It was called Back the Gaff, BTG. And that was the first one where it was like we sounded like a band, whether it be like a band that was influenced by Oasis or not. We got the structure of the song. We didn't even know how to structure the song or anything, choruses, stuff like that. It was all brand new. So that was the first one that had verses and choruses. It was more of a stomper, foot stomper. But again, we just released that as if to be like, well, we need something out there. We need people to know who we are. Talk to me about living a lie. Living a lie. Um, when I wrote it, it, it was, well, it was obviously like sweet or calm and I started to come up with the chords. And, and to me, it was like a, a lot of bands out there not so much now, but back then it was like a lot of like fakeness going on, a lot of like gimmicks going on, sort of dressing this way on stage rather than just like we turned up and we'd be in ourselves and we'd get looked at with it, like people would look at thinking like these just these just got off the wrong bus or something, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We just looked different because we? we were just dressing how we how we was. We didn't have to put a suit on backstage or nothing like that. And um so it, it came from that. What you see is what you get from us, and that's how it always has been. There's no gimmicks, there's no lies or nothing. It also makes you want to get out and party, which is the main thing. So it was, it was for us, it was a good track to release, and it, and it ended up being well, it's one of our most streamed tracks as presence. You told me once before that when you were kids, real kids, you were really into that all techno stuff and that whole yeah, scene, yeah. weren't you? Why do you think it was that? What was the energy about that kind of music that kind of brought you together as friends? The holidays that we went on, probably the, the holidays to Ibiza. There was like 10, 15 of us and then we've, 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 we've went every single year because we love it, you know what I mean? We do love the rave scene. We heard that Kazabian obviously loved that as well when they were up and coming. I think it integrates in our song, especially Living a Lie, because there's a drop in it and it builds up and there's a rise in it. And again, that's Jose working his magic. But yeah, so we, were, we, we love our techno music as well. Like We love a party. As you said, once we got in the studio with Jose and you, and you realised that you can you can put some more on the top than just guitars and stuff, and, and you, you can add like you can do little stops and drops and stuff like that. Um, that's when we were like, wow, we can we can influence it, yeah. And and that's where, because most of our tracks have got riffs in. If you listen to like any like tech house and dance and stuff, they've got a catchy riff, a catchy melody. What keeps it going? Do you know what I mean? It'll come out a little bit of lyrics and then it'll drop again. And and 
that's what you can see in, in um, living a lie and things like uh, songs like Fat Cats and stuff like that. They're the ones that when we play live, they go off. You mentioned Jose there, and you're talking about Jose Jimenez, um, who is from the heavy north. You're obviously very influenced by his input, uh, his studio, Third Planet, here in Liverpool. Talk to me about how that relationship works and why it's so important to you. We come in with an idea, and it might be 80% there. And, like, especially for me as well, I can talk like it's hard to explain. Do you, do you say, like, he talks he talks Johnny language or whatever it is that you're saying? Right. If because I go to him and say, can you have this day and you pull this out, blah, 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 blah. And he just, you'd expect them to be like, what, what are you on about? And he just goes, yeah, not a problem. Turns around and does it, you know what I mean? And so having that, I mean, we've worked with producers before where they'll, like, they'll literally be like, um, I'm fair play to them because we, be, we can be loud, can't we, without realising it. And you'll just be like, go to do him and give us a minute and that. And you go back in and the slack sounds not like what you want. Do you know what I mean? Where is it you jo- when when you're in with Jose, you're there, you're listening to it. Um, if you want to take this out and put something else in after you've just spent 15 minutes recording it, he, he, he's got no problem with that. And, and I think with a producer like that who's so open-minded to what you're doing and, and the other way too because he can come up with, he could say like, oh, you could add the symphony here and, and, and he'll show us it and it'll sound great. Or it'll sound, or it, or we like, oh, I, I like that. But maybe if you get a guitar sound, do you know what I mean? We just bounce off each other, and I think from from the way it got with Jose, we just gelled, and um, like I think we we look we look forward to our sessions with him just the same as he looks forward to the sessions with us. Like John said, it's more of a give and take, and like it, there's no hard feelings, no matter what. It, it, whoever wants to speak the piece gets to speak the piece, and um, yeah, it just works works well, Jose. Shout out to him. He's a top, top guy. He really is uh, a, a, such a, an, an authentic, creative voice in the studio. You can see that. You can hear it. We're so lucky to have someone like him here in the city. You can go in there with a track and, and you don't really realise how much of a potential it can get to until you're in a studio with a producer like Jose who can put bells and whistles on it that we'd never, ever think of. It opens your mind and you just accompany the tracks and what I'm going into it. The next session, you know, then that each time, each time you can push the boat out a bit and you can go, oh, well, remember that last time? Why don't we try that? But this time, blah, blah, blah. And then it just builds it. It just builds it like a, like a natural progression of the track. So do you, do you really think that, that that kind of input helps you to see the the ultimate potential of what you could do with the track? Yeah, definitely. Because as I said, we go in, um, we're playing it with just what, two guitars, a bass guitar and a singer and a drummer. When you go in there and you can add these little riffs on top and, and make the track more interesting and, and, and put uh, these things in that are gonna like that are gonna make the track reach its full potential, it makes you realise that right when we go in there we know that we can do this, we can do that and we can do that on it. Now this time let, let's try that again. And it, and it's like a experimental creative process and it and 
as I said, with Jose, he's so open-minded to that and his ideas and our ideas together, when we gel together, for me, it's like a, a very important part of the process in creating a Columbia track. There's a reason we call him the Wizard. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. There's a reason why he's nicknamed the Wizard. Your sound is definitely changing now. I can see the evolution of your sound. And you're sounding much more to me what I would think of and know as a a Liverpool band. You've got a Liverpool sound now. And a lot of people might not understand what I mean by that, but I think you guys probably do. There's a much more authentic kind of like here, now, Liverpool sound to what you're doing. And that's not to dismiss any of your previous influence. It's just that I can see that you are starting to find yourselves now as a band. I remember when you released Where Did It All Go during lockdown, and that was the first time that I'd felt you'd moved away from that, not knowing who you were, where you were going. That really did start to feel like there was a Liverpool voice within the whole song. Am I, am I right in that assumption, Shep? Yeah. Definitely. Um, that was that was another song um, that we... That we made which was more and more our own sound um, there was, again it was like the back end there was a big chunk of songs that we made and that was the back back end of of the chunk of songs and that was the one we decided to release um, like I said it, 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 I feel like it has got a, a bit of a Liverpool sound well more than a bit of a Liverpool sound to it and it's us it's Columbia and it's the same. Yeah, where did it all go? I mean, it was released in lockdown, so where did it all go? Do you know what I mean? It, it, no one knows where it all went, but it was it was a silent city for a while. Um, so we brought that track out, and and, and if it accompanied the situation that we, we was in, especially like we've got a video out there. If, if you want to check the video out on YouTube, it's um, a lot of a lot of like empty streets, and and it just it come together well. Um, it was just a, it, it was just like a bit of an emotional one for us at the time where it was like not so much emotional where we were like well we were sat there gutted but it was just like well what, what's going on with life here what's happened you know what I mean it's just the first thing we've ever seen and like this so yeah it was just where did it all go yeah. <laughs> it just, and it just seemed to fit, fit the, the time that we were living in how important do you think it is that you've developed that and, and evolved that Liverpool sound how important is that to you guys I'd say it's very important because everyone's everyone has to have their own identity I believe um, with with the sounds, obviously it's quite rich coming from us, considering what our tunes actually sounded like at the start. But I feel like, like I said before, everyone takes their influences from somewhere. But yeah, it's it's important, and there's a big there's a big movement in Liverpool at the minute. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of musicians coming up that are like you say here and now sound like making a statement, and I feel like we're definitely one of them. As he said, it goes without saying. I mean, it's it's like a stepping stone of improvement when you start from where you are now, especially like with the past that we had growing up with, with the dance music. We never touched touched guitars to like the early twenties or like almost mid twenties for some of us. But um, it's definitely like a a process of finding your own way, and it's important because you want to play a track and. And you want someone to know this is a Columbia track, and I think obviously with the unique vocals of him and like the lyrics in that and, and the melodies in our songs, I think that's that that's what's like paving the way. Someone said to me, "It's Scally Rock." Now I don't know whether that's a thing, but 
it's sort of when she said it to me, I thought, you know what, it makes sense. That yeah. that does make sense. Whether that's a, a term that people know. But it was new to me when she told me. But, I mean, I imagine that's the start. Because like, you've got a couple of other bands coming out of Liverpool who are smashing it at the minute too. And, and you know, the apple doesn't fall, fall too far from the tree. And, and we're all coming up at the same time. We're not not the same style, but, like, got our own individualities. But we're all, when she said, like, Scally Doc to me, I thought, you know what, that's... Fair enough, like yeah. you know that 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 could that could be the phrase that I'm using, unless it was just a drunken shout or something like that. <laughs> Give me some sense of the bands that you think are championing this new sort of wave of Liverpool music, shall we say? There's a few at the minute. You've uh, you've got the Kairos, they're doing well. You've got the rats, got like a, a band called Stone, you know what I mean? It's like it, it's a bit yeah. different to us, but it's also it's all in within this kind of like remit of, of sound. A lot of the bands up, up and coming in Liverpool have got their own sound. Another little shout out to a band called Casino as well, who we've played with, I think. They're the top band as well. A, a very different sound. A very different to Scally Rock, put it that way. <laughs> So you mentioned Stone there, Finn Power, John Power's son, front man on that band. Get very excited when I hear anything about those guys because I think they are really pushing this new, authentic Liverpool sound. I love seeing bands like that with that energy, you know, that young, up-and-coming, new wave of Liverpool bands. And I get really excited about that, which is kind of where I'm at, where I sort of picked up on your single, you know, Somewhere I Belong, because every now and again, something comes along and you think, Man, this is good. This could be the start of something. You know, I've mentioned John Powers, and you can't not talk about the Lars when you talk about bands from Liverpool. The Lars were completely different. When the Lars come along, it was like, hello, what's going on here? It was almost our answer as a city to what was happening in other cities. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the Lars are massive. Uh, I think anyone in a band in Liverpool will know who the Lars are, definitely. Um and such a unique voice from him as well. I, I, I have heard that he, he was a bit of a perfectionist and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, he, he obviously wanted his own sound and he wanted to influence people with his music and he definitely done that. You could recognise where they were from and what they'd, what type of upbringing they had or what type of life they had and you can resonate with it because they're just normal people who've, who, who've paved the way, really.
there was just lads like us, weren't these? You know, you you look back at like the, the videos, the interviews, and and it's just like one of your, one of your mates speaking, only the wearing like a different style of whatever that style was back in the day. But they're literally no different than how you are now. Normal working class lads like the rest of us. You see that, and you see that they can they can do it. So you give it a shot, and you think you know why why can't we sort of thing. I mentioned before how much I picked up on your track somewhere I belong. For me. That's just a, such a beautiful, haunting track. It's like an anthem. Kudos to you guys for, for producing it. Um, Johnny, talk to me about the lyric and maybe maybe you can follow up by telling me how it feels to sing it and what it means to you. Yeah, so the lyrics are basically about sometimes it, when, you know, you've been trying at something for ages and, and, and like you're not necessarily fed up of it, but you're just like, you know what, like I know where I want to be. And there's a lyric in it that says, like, and if I don't return, I'm somewhere where I belong. And it's like, so I know where I want to be. And when I get there, like, if I don't come back, it's because I'm meant to be there. Uh, again, like, obviously, whatever Johnny writes on, on that paper, then he writes it in his own way. Um, and, like, it, I, a lot of the time, I resonate with the lyrics. I feel like a lot of stuff in my life through the lyrics and that, they, that they're just getting portrayed out to be as well. And, like, it is an emotional track, definitely. Um Definitely an emotional one for the for the for me as for me personally as well, yeah. Yeah, I think with that type of track as well, it's like universal. You can listen to it, you can feel like happy one day, you can feel sad another day and listen to it. It can bring back like nostalgic feelings or it can remind you of a, like a past relationship. You know, it's like it's one of them tracks that you can really like delve into yourself when listening to it. I know you're just getting to the point now where you're finalising a new release at some point, are you? Let's talk about that before we move on. So yeah, we've got a new um, track called Memory Lane. Again, it's um, it's one that I wrote when I was thinking about like where we are now to where, when we started, when we was kids, how we met, um, where we used to hang around, what we used to do when we hung around, and um, it's sort of it has that in there. It's got that it's got that nice bit of emotion in, but it's also delivered with like a, um, a euphoric feeling. Um, and, and yeah, I, I enjoy it. I like listening to it. We're just finalising it now, sending sending it back to Jose. Like so, I'll be excited for that to come out, and when it comes out um, with festivals that we've got lined up in the summer I think it'll it'll really do well with, with the crowds that come and see us because it, it has it, it's got that anthemic feeling I believe it's, it's our best song yet to be honest um, you can see the progression again um, yeah I, I just believe it's it's a certified banger and I can't wait to show everyone it to be honest and shake my ass. You mentioned that you've got some stuff lined up I know you've got a gig coming out quite soon in Leeds and then you're out and about doing a few things, aren't you? Yeah. Tell us where people might be able to come and see you. So, yeah, we've got a, um, a tour courtesy of, of a, um, a company called This Feeling. To be on a roster with them, it does well for the band. Um, they can put you shorter on a pedestal. So we've done a big UK tour with them and they've decided to put us on our own tour. Uh, we're in Swansea on the 4th of May, Leeds on the 6th of May, um, and then on the 19th we're in Birmingham, and then on the 20th we're in Manchester. So... 
I mean, if you've never been to one of our gigs before, you're, you know, you're missing out to speak to someone who has it, the electric, and, and you'll have your best nights there. Um, obviously, with, with Chepo staring down at you at the front of the stage, it'll get your attention from, right from the off. So if you can um, grab tickets and come and see us, then we'll see you on the dance floor. Going to be our first tour, first proper tour, with this feeling, the promotion company behind it. We can't wait just to get out with the boys and see what these cities have got to offer us and see what we can give it to them. Exciting times because whenever a young band go out on tour for the first time or in the early days of their of their musical careers, there's something special about it, you know? And kudos again to this feeling for picking up on just what the potential is for you as a band and, and making sure that you are on that roster and you're on that lineup, you know? Good for them. One thing that I do want to try and make sure is, like I said, that we do catch up with you when you come back for that and I want to hear all about it, all right? Just to wrap up then, I know you're out on this tour. How can people catch up with what you're up to going forward? Talk to me about your social medias and your, and your websites. So, yeah, you can um, catch us on, on all the, um, the usuals. We've got Instagram. Um, we've got TikTok now, actually, and we've got Twitter. The Twitter is Columbia um, underscore. The Instagram is Columbia.music. And the, the new TikTok, just to make it confusion, is Columbia.underscore. You can find all our stuff, what we get up to on there, and um, we're on the Spotify, the Apple Music. Just go and give us a, um, a subscribe and, and a like and whatever it is that you do on them. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in, give us a shout and come and see us. I wish you nothing but success on your tours. I cannot wait to hear this new single coming out. And like I said, we're definitely going to catch up with you at the back end of it if we get a chance. Okay? Thanks for having us. Thanks, Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Feeling Sound podcast with me, Mark Reeson, and that was Shepo and Johnny Echo from the band Columbia. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the episodes, and we hope to speak to you again very soon. <laughs>